start with the content, then build in the engagement pieces. Of it. It, it all centers around a strategy and a goal that you're trying to accomplish. And the analogy I use is if you're in a sea of content, if you can't provide a beacon of light, which is your goal, there, there's nowhere for that ship to really head towards. You're just going to be floating around. So you got to provide that goal. You got to have some type of plan to, to kind of generally head that way and you can move that goal along the way. But if you put those things together, that becomes digital relevance, which is content creation, engagement services, and the strategy that drives that. And that's all enabled by technology, one of which is AI. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Free Retiree Show, your go-to podcast for your career, your money, and where we learn from people that have done some amazing things. I'm your host, Wealth Manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and I'm alongside my pal, Silicon Valley vet, interview coach, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? And Silicon Valley's favorite, most likable, lovable attorney, Matthew McElroy. What's going on? You guys are listening into a business and thought leader edition of our show. Uh, as you know, on our show, if you're a new listener, what we do, we talk about career. We talk to folks who are doing cutting edge things and their ideas are resonating and changing the game. For today's episode, we have Thomas Helfrich. He is the CEO and founder of InstaRail AI. They leverage AI and help small business and entrepreneurs create digital relevance and create revenue and content through their technology. And Thomas, he is a Forbes Tech Council member. He's been on entrepreneur.com. He is a startup founder and he has 165,000 followers on LinkedIn. So we're honored to have him on today. We're talking all things AI. How can AI help you become a more productive human being? And without further ado, let's bring on the expert. Thomas, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I love how you introduced everybody. You're the only person had three names in it, which is wins towards more serial killer. Typically, usually when you have three, it, it's just it's superior. Michael to, Murphy committed a crime. I want to. I want to. I, <laughs> I need to sound superior to my hosts, but the serial killer that might be accurate. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, three names, that's how they always do the people who end up trial. Anyway, just that, an observation. That's a really good point. It, this is uh, this is a great point. This gives me maybe future aspirations of other activities. So thank you. I appreciate that. But you know, it's funny because but there is, so from a data standpoint, right? What, what do you do with data? And I'll tie it to the AI and all the other stuff, but uh, AI and technology certainly can accelerate your relevance online. And we can talk a bit about that, but that's kind of the, uh, the crust of great intro for InstaRail. I don't think I could have done it any better. So I may hire you. If you don't murder people out there in the land, you may have a career. <laughs> I can have many part-time gigs. I'm yours. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, how'd you get into AI? What sparked you like way back when? Well, I mean, the joke is I bought AINerd.com for $8.99 at GoDaddy.com. And this is not brought to you by GoDaddy. But, but I've been always a technologist at heart, born out of the .com. Definitely remember myself being a better developer than I was. No question about it. It's the plight of the 40-year-old to look back and remember how stupid you were. But I've always talked about technology and in the last seven, eight years, I've really focused on intelligent automation as my expertise. And that's where you automate business process for the intention of accelerating humans and, and giving them higher value activities and roles and jobs. Um, and AI is part of that story. So I think that's probably the kind of the birth in it. It's not so much on the data science side, it's more on the actual business application and practicality of it. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I think AIs, I feel like every it's every, in everything we do now, like in our phones, I don't think we realize it. It's getting smarter and it's there, but I don't think we realize how how it already is here. I think people think of it, it's like this thing in the future, but it's very much like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's everywhere right now. I, I mean, I'm not an expert in all things AI, but I will tell you, it is certainly all around. Anything as powerful as it's poised to be, that it's poised to become is going to be leveraged a lot before it's widely known because then it becomes regulated, right? So it becomes this grab and this is attorney Matt can jump in, I'm sure on that, but he would probably agree that there's not a lot of rules around it right now. And there's certainly not a lot of transparency or trust index and factors that are brought into it. But the AI that most people are are scared of doesn't really quite probably really exist. And if it does, you're not going to know about it for some time. But the ones that are in business application are all over. I mean, like just from how you can do e-commerce to I don't know, customer service to anything. It's light AI, but yeah, I mean, it's all around and growing. What do you think is going to be like one of the biggest uh, sectors in AI like over the next couple of years? Oh, healthcare, financial services, for sure. But even in just, I mean, it's going to be in lots of things, but those two big ones, just because the money's all there. So CPG, pharma development, things like that. Like I think you'll see incredible amounts of money. It's already there, actually. Financial services, the more you can gain the system, to get like robo advising, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those advisors out there, if they're not at some point, though, I think you'll look at healthcare. Get they fired. Right. It was, yeah. I think <laughs> right now, if you go to a doctor and they use AI, people would kind of look at them weird. But I think in the future, if you go to your doctor and they're not using AI, it would be, it'll be negligent. And I think same thing with advising. <laughs> if you're not looking at large sets of data with powerful technology, I, I don't think you'll be a capable investing wealth manager because you're like, well, there's a lot more data you're not considering. Like, I think it'll become more commonplace and um, accepted and, and, then there, and then eventually required. What do you think the timeline is of? Yeah, five, seven years. I think you'll start seeing the first applications of this and maybe younger generations of doctors. You already, I mean, Wall Street's already all over this, right? It's just a matter of, I mean, just, there's so much stuff on the wealth management side that when you're on the uh, provider side, that the, the person sees that the customer never sees. Like here's, likely why they're contacting. Here's some products you may be interested in. Like that's all nudging and all the things that you need to do based on their portfolio strategy. These might be good picks. The balance will come between what's best for the customer and what puts money in the pocket of the person (laughs) recommending things. But yeah. Yeah. I see that on the financial services side. I see that already. Like even like going through my like company, like 401k stuff, they'll be like, Hey, we recommend this plan. Like you can either pick it yourself or you can go with a recommended plan based off these data points. Yeah. Like that's already, I feel like that's already happening. I mean, just the AI trading alone, right? I mean, so like just the, in any way, at some point it's, I don't know what humans influence us to make money on a, <laughs> on the algorithm they already know to exist. So if we do this, it should mess this up and we'll, we'll do this now. I'm not an expert in that stuff though. I mean, where I've applied it specifically would be more in how you create content and, and engage with it. It's more uh, applicable it, and you still require humans in the loop, but there are ways to accelerate kind of your relevance and how fast you can produce content and get your voice out there and your ideas. I, I thought that was the interesting global kind of help a billion people play that was interesting to me that d- probably didn't require incredible amounts of capital to kind of start up. So it seems to be working. We'll see. So going to the whole productivity thing and how it can just help everyday people in their work. And let's also talk about entrepreneurs, businesses. How can AI help give them a more successful business and free up time? Yeah, well, in the application, how we applied it was you you take a couple of hashtags or concepts 
and you leverage any of the GPT-3 based or the AI writing tools that are out there. And they all do a little bit, some do better than others because they're all modeled differently, but you leverage those that do the initial write, curation, data exploration to get your thoughts or that topic or the ideas, give you just kind of a breath of where to and how to write it. And when you do that, then you can create your point of view on subjects quicker. You can post it faster. You can get you can be more relevant in more people's feeds more often, which, you know, it's just this basic marketing technique, right? The more often you're in someone's uh, feed, the more likely they're going to remember your face and what you've been saying. And so when they actually want those services, they'll think of you. And, and it does work that way explicitly. It just takes consistency. And to get that consistency, you need, you need content. You got to create that content at scale. Otherwise, it, it just doesn't work. Lee, it sounds like we need to buy whatever he's selling. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's like a perfect product for us. <laughs> but that's the problem that almost every company, big or small, faces is they always focus, you tend to focus on the things that make you revenue today and tomorrow and, or today. And if you drop what's going to make you revenue tomorrow, which is marketing typically. And that's expensive. No one wants to hire people full time to go do it. And, and it's, it takes a long time to develop. So what we came up with is more of a fixed cost asset building approach to marketing where very quickly you can have high volumes of content on brand on point, some strategy around it to drive views and followers, but you do it at a month price point that's significantly less than than bringing people on. AI writing is not enough. Going to Upwork or Fiverr or other talent places like that for gig economy is not enough. Even putting those two things together is not enough. You have to have engagement models in place where, yeah, you've posted it, but if no one's replying to the comments or actively tagging people or actually getting the conversations driven around it, you'll never get enough traction on social media in particular to get anywhere with it. So it's really a wasted dollar. So you kind of need to start with the content, then build in the engagement pieces. It it all centers around a strategy and a goal that you're trying to accomplish. And the analogy I use is if you're in a sea of content, if you can't provide a beacon of light, which is your goal, there, there's nowhere for that ship to really head towards. You're just going to be floating around and it, there's no need to do that. It's just waste time and money and effort. So you got to provide that goal. You got to have some type of plan to, to kind of generally head that way and you can move that goal along the way. But if you put those things together, that becomes digital relevance, which is content creation, engagement services, and the strategy that drives that. And that's all enabled by technology, one of which is AI. How much effort does it require for your, for this for your AI software to to build the content? Does it take a lot of effort on the part of the person, or is it kind of hands off? Asking for a friend, of course. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, so the effort is so if you chase, I say this: the effort could be very little to if you chase perfect a lot. So if you chase perfect, meaning like you're trying to get the perfect content all the time, you'll never get out of the weeds with it, and it'll never get published. So that would be a lot. But the truth is, it doesn't take a lot. I've gone from probably 30 hours a week in social media down to about an hour over the last year, and and I have way more presence and way more people working on it for me. Uh, but it's also your comfort level. So for me, I, I have a Slack channel at the team. Everyone who comes in our company, you know, gets one. And I just give notes on here's a topic, here's my point of view, here's a voice message on it, and it becomes an article. So they do research with it, they write it, it goes through a small edit, and a few days later I have a thousand word article. I do this for every one of the Forbes articles, every one of the entrepreneurs, or Swiss Cognitive, or AI Journal, or any of them. Uh, that's how I write. And, and then even then I can just throw topics out there and the team will propose back, hey, this is what we think might be a cool magulation or just bringing together of those concepts and topics and those become articles. So the post, same thing, like there's a strategy and I don't overthink them, uh, but it can be hands-off as you want. I mean, the idea is for you to focus on the things that bring you revenue, not the operational tasks to get there. 
And so it's for me, it's calendars. I want to meet people. I want to do podcasts. I want to help promote other people's stuff. It's not to write stuff all day and post it and engage with it. I want people to help me with that. So Thomas, that that back and forth that we did on LinkedIn about your deepest, darkest secrets, that wasn't you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so sometimes, but that's the whole point is it, it, listen, there's a lot, there's a lot of people involved still, even with the kind of the platform that we do. And the platform is more, the AI is part of it. And it, it's a small part of it, but it's this, it's, it's an accelerating part of it, that, which is the longest part, which is the content creation. We use other technologies for the scheduling and engagement and some other things. Uh, there's still a lot of people involved. It's because that's the state of the art of technology. You still have to have people involved. And, and this is the basic premise of my expertise, which is intelligent automation. It's when to leverage technology and people together to intelligently automate the process as far as you can and when you can. Over time, more people will do, less people will do less things on what we do, but they'll have, will still be more people involved because they'll be doing more creative, harder things that technology still won't keep up. So they're always going to be involved as to what level and what technologies you need to get there. And so to think that things are going to be fully automated anytime soon is really just a dream. It's not going to happen. It shouldn't, by the way. I think people need to be involved as part of it. Definitely. So going back to the, the activity that's on, like we, you're LinkedIn, you have a ton of followers. Like how, what is attributed to humans and what's attributed to your software? Yeah. So in, in our software, by the way, we leverage every AI writing company out there. So that's one piece to shoot. We have our own access to open AI and all that. We leverage scheduling things like HubSpot, the Publer, to other things. Like, so it's not even just our software. It's how we put all those together is what works. Mm-hmm. So it's contributing to two factors. One is the amount of content that's created and the inbound interest, which creates followers. That's one. And the other is what I do in the space between. So I don't go sit in an ivory tower and wait for followers to come and, and just hope it all happens. I'm out there still hustling in the time in between of going on podcasts, contact people, doing conferences, and just adding value, promoting people's stuff. Like I'm out there actively engaging, but at the, the right level with other people, that's what creates the most interest because then they go talk about it. Then I come on cool shows like this. And like in, in that space between is where it's really made. But you still need all the content and the engagement behind it. You just can't do, you could do the, just that, but then you have nothing on your profiles that kind of support what you're claiming you're doing. And it kind of, it comes across as maybe, <laughs> I don't know. So you have to kind of have both elements of kind of authenticity and trust. And then a background and history to say that person really does have the creds and chops to do that. But then you got to go out and still go hustle. So end of the day, you got to, that's it. You got to hustle. You got to work to go get what you want to go get. And then hopefully the, all the things you put in motion will do this. I mean, for many of your customers who are, you guys that have your wealth management, you still got to hustle. You, still, you guys can't sit back and just pick the funds based on the Google search. You got to actually do some research to you know, get the extra point or get the extra tick on it. Like, you, I don't know. You, you just can't let it just happen. I would hope not. I mean, I would think you're out there trying to bust ass so you're outperforming your peers. And that's it. Those combinations. Are you guys, are you guys leveraging, uh, like I know you mentioned the people side of it, but like longer term, where do you see AI playing a role in like, maximizing this following you're building. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's, I definitely see AI taking the, the, the thing of within the audience that you have, being able to look at their profiles and posts and being recommended content to them, be able to recommend posts that they might look at, look at their content and reshare it with a really clever things to say. Technology is there to do that now, to look at unstructured text, to, to recommend a cool thing to say back and do that kind of stuff. The, the step that's still needed is humans need to post that and go put that out there. I wouldn't automate that step right now anyway, but that's how I see it. It's really driving smarter things to say at scale 
And also then prioritizing who you should be interacting with first based on their likeliness of your goal, which might be, they might be a customer or you might be like, no, my goal is to promote them or, or something else. So based on a goal, definitely AI will be able to tell you what you should do and how you should uh, interact and what you should say and when you should and all that. That's certainly where I see that playing is just improving your interactions to enable the human conversation to get to the point where you actually have a conversation still. So Thomas, going back to like increasing productivity, obviously you've made a fantastic software that's going to help a lot of entrepreneurs in their marketing and it seems very effective. What is some other things in AI that people can start to look at to leverage to, you know, improve their lives and give themselves more time in all areas? Like, do you have any tips on that? Yeah. First, I, I do. I'm, I'm a transparent person. We have not created the software fully. It's still in beta. What we do is we leverage a number of technologies and some of our own techniques and we put it together in the background. What we're mm -hmm. building is the platform to do that. I just, just never want to misrepresent anything we do, but, but so. thank you if you'd like to invest. But have you guys know any financial people that the other, the other techniques, I mean, simple stuff, right? Using, and I'm not promoting one company or the other, but like an AI note-taking software from a Zoom, like there's a number of them out there. I mean, I'll uh, Calendly, I love. Without it, I don't know how I would get on in the world because it just takes away the pain of scheduling. Absolutely love that. There's other technologies out there if you're a business person that can help with complex decisioning. One's called Rainbird.ai. It's like an AI inference engine. If From a business standpoint, everyday people maybe don't have the application, but if you're looking for ways to reduce complexity and that technology is amazing for that. Uh, Thomas, I, I'm sorry. I, on the free retiree show, I mean, these, the hosts and myself, we're not very smart, but what's inference engine? I mean, <laughs> so if you think of inference engine is it, it takes business logic. And if you think of the simplest phone might be like, if this do that, like kind of these long, if then trees, like if you do the, if they say this, ask that. And thinking like an IVR on a phone would be an inference. They can infer what you're saying, what to ask next. An AI one would look at a decision okay. space it would only ask questions it doesn't have the answers to already or it needs clarity on. And that allows you then to, set, to really like solve complex business problems quickly because you would have all the business logic right there in a the space. So let's say someone was like trying to decide if they come on your show and you just ask them the right questions based on what you already know from their profiles, you'd be able to put together like a logic of who you should have on quicker because you just, it, it works through this process in a simple form. But those kind of things are a little more complex, but they are incredible time savers for companies to answer your question originally. But the basic stuff, right? Scheduling, making sure that you're, if you're note-taking, that kind of stuff, like just leveraging just the stuff on social media alone to get informed, right? Of what news feeds you want or whatever else. It's just so much that you can use. It's incredible. Do you have any thoughts? This, yeah. this is kind of off topically, but for full self-driving, like auto, like complete autonomy driving, do you have any thoughts on that space? I feel like that's going to be kind of the next yeah. big money yeah. in that area. Yeah. For the autonomous driving piece, uh, I think until you have the ability to have its own lane or own set where it's only autonomous vehicles, it'll find challenges. I think you'll see in some cities, the ability to limit areas to only autonomous vehicles only. So you can confine a geo, like a geo fence that only driverless cars are allowed here. I mean, heck, man, if you could rock it down to the beach and, and just be like hit 60, you know, 80 miles per hour and you just sit back and you're kind of in the car to get there and it's charging on the way. Heck yeah, oh, absolutely. I think it's funny, funny. I'll leave this funny thing. I, everyone's like, how do you define AI? And I was like, and here's your general AI. And I said, until my car can wake up and refuse to start because it's pissed because you haven't washed it for a week <laughs> and say, you know what? Fine, I'll drive you to work. And on the way, you, you know, you get a little upset that the volume's too loud. And just as it's some way, you know what? I'm going to jerk this car right into the tree because I'm tired of being a car. 
Until it can do that by itself, AI doesn't exist. And so until it can make decisions on its own mortality with you in the car or not, uh, or because of what you said or did to it, then you've got an AI you got to worry about. <laughs> that doesn't exist. Until it can start hating itself pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I'd just be upset you didn't wash it. You're on it with the other car. You spend more time in the Tesla versus this one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm a Ford. I'll never be a Tesla. It becomes sad, drives slower, refuses to do things, and then it jerks the tree, your car right into the tree because it just felt like, no, I'm not going to be a car anymore. <laughs> what, what if it did that just because it didn't like the passenger, like say Lee was in the car? <laughs> <laughs> then I would say the AI software is correct. It's super yeah. smart. <laughs> One of the uh, big challenges people say is like you're in the car and the AI determines imminent danger, right? Does it save the two in the car or does it potentially kill the 15 in the road? to avoid <laughs> killing you two. Oh, wow, yeah. And so those are the decisions that AI will have to make and it can't be like, hey, your turn, you pick it up. Like, what? Like, you know, like that's, those are like real decisions that AI would have to assess is there's an, that you're going to get a rack. It's only determining now who's going to die. And, or does the one person in the car who's 95 and probably has eight months left, I don't know why they're driving, and they're going down the road and, and you're like, oh, wow, if, if I don't swerve, I'm going to insulin truck full of million insulin. But if that truck doesn't get delivered, a thousand die possibly. Who's gone in that scenario? So like these are the decisions of these technology self-driving cars as they get smarter. What do you do? Yeah. And what's the rule? And like, the, like that's, I mean, I know that's extreme, but just take that from, is it the cat? Do you, do you bump the car in front of you? I mean, like, what is it? Like, you know what? So th those are... Those are things that humans do unconsciously just to save themselves, but maybe not too. So there's a lot of ways to go for the autonomous driving before you really can trust it. And that's why I say it kind of has to have its own space and own, own spot, because I think there's just too many human factors still involved, but I'm not an that's expert in that, but it's my Makes kind sense. of high level so, thing. So on. Thomas, how can people find out more about what you're doing and how can they check out Instarail? Oh, I love the shameless plug section. Well, of course you can go to instarel.ai. This is not brought to you by instarel.ai. But LinkedIn uh, under Thomas Helfrick, there's a, there's a link. Is it Linktree? That's another tech, by the way. Linktree.linktr.ee slash AI nerd has every one of my connection spots. And it's a Linktree AI nerd. You'll have every one of my social media links there. If you're not using that, by the way, guys, use it because you can put, you'll see. It's awesome. But LinkedIn's a great spot. Just search me, message me, or hit the website and contact, and you can jump on my calendar as well. Thank you so much, Thomas. Thanks for sharing your insight and giving us a great, fresh perspective. And it's really cool, all the stuff you're doing. So appreciate you coming on our show. I appreciate it as well, guys. Have a wonderful day and take care. Good luck with the podcast. Thank you. Sure, thanks, thanks, Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks, Thomas. Yeah. Nice to meet you. You're listening to The Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Offered through Securities America Incorporated, member of FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. 
Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities American Advisors or Securities American Incorporated. Securities American Advisors, Securities American Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of LinkedIn Incorporated or Microsoft Corporation. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.